Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. I'm your host Jaffa and once again I'm joined by Ali. Hi. Daoud. Hello. And Qudama. Hello. Now normally I would ask you guys how's your week been but I'm a bit more interested in how's your midweek been because on Tuesday between the hours of 8pm and 10pm I was having a really good time if anyone cares to guess why. No, 2-1. No. 2-1? I believe it was... Uh, Newcastle. No, no. Uh, Tuesday. W- what are you about, Daoud? Champions League. There's Give a form of denial already setting in. It well, was uh, the come on. I like, thought you'd talk more about your own club than, than my club. Well, I got some enjoyment out of a 2-1 victory. Schadenfreude. Yeah, Schadenfreude, that one. You yeah. can't beat a bit That's of it. to describe this. As Man United crashed out of the Champions League following a 3-2 defeat in Germany. Is Man United that much in your head that you have it's to... It's time to go! <laughs> <laughs> is Man United that much in your head that you have... That the first point of your highlight of the week is Man United getting exited. It wasn't the first point not, of, not new, of the new, week. Not Newcastle winning 2-1. And Joe Linton actually doing something for once. Well, he did something uh, against I mean, Palace as well. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, okay. Cue the Europa League music. <laughs> do I have the rights for that? Uh, we'll have to ask the Europa League guys. Dowd, you might know someone. <laughs> familiar with that competition by now? Very familiar. Uh, I've, I've said this before. We, we lost it when we when we didn't win in, in, uh, in Turkey. So. Yeah. Big up Dembaba uh, for multiple reasons. I'm Martin Skirtle. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's there as <laughs> well. Yeah. What we're starting off with this week then? Well, let's keep the theme Manchester, but we'll talk about both clubs this time, as it was the Manchester derby. Now, you know, Sky love to do this thing where the big games come in and they're hyping them up, promotions, hashtags, everything. In the end, it culminated in a, the most drab nil-nil draw you can imagine. I mean, if if anyone watched that game, uh, someone please talk me through it at least very shortly. Not the football. Why was it so bad? Well, we, weren't we all debating if we should even talk about the the actual match because it was that boring? Um, I think Roy Keane came out with saying there was only two yellow cards in the in a Manchester derby, and everybody was hugging and um, you know uh, shaking hands after the match. It was it even a derby? Yeah, it was not a derby, man. That was that's a fucking disgrace from Manchester, man. What's going on? Watching Merseyside derby earlier season, we see like. Horrible challenges, red cards, and all sorts. What is this? What the can fuck is this? Um, Definitely saw horrible challenges. Pickford against Van Dyke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but like, does it really matter? Like, do you guys think we can pin it on a lack of fans? Uh, you know, because they they would be no, key in I, any derby. I, I don't. No, no, because the North London derby was just as crazy, and same as the Merseyside derby. Like, there was no fans there, so why, why is Manchester ship, bro? I mean. Um, leading up to the the game, they must have had plenty of team talks saying that you know this is our our rival. We we hate them. We have to win. If you want any of your fans on your side for until the next meeting, you know we have to win this match. Especially coming from our you know uh, unfortunate exit, um, and Manchester City uh, the same the same. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you think about that, Cube. Uh, I thought it was a you know like everyone did a pretty boring game. Um, I guess with the current state of the teams, you always expect City to have the, the onus is on them to attack. And I just wonder if maybe Pep Guardiola was a bit wary of the last few results that have come his way against United, where you know he's been in, he's unexpectedly lost yeah. the, the last two before that, and he lost the one in the league, one out of the two in the league last season. It seemed like he was a bit conservative in his approach this time. I don't know if it's because City's attack is you know already uh, a lot less potent than it was last season, and he just didn't want to risk it. But that game, I had absolutely no energy. Like, even the commentators were falling asleep, to be honest. It was just 
I don't know. Maybe it was just two teams who both afraid to lose, both in situations where they couldn't afford to lose, so they just kind of had a gentleman's agreement. I think before the that's game. the thing, isn't it? They both couldn't afford to lose, especially where they're hanging in the in the table at the moment. And it was. Um, I remember listening to this guy um, saying that it was kind of like Oli and Pep had a um, a gentleman's agreement. Like you know, we're both at a, at a point where um, if. You know, if if Oli lo- loses, it's so much more pressure on him to for his job. And the way Man City are playing, if they lose this derby, Pep is uh, is on so much pressure. It's basically it's it's like they both didn't want to commit too much. And you know, as much as Oli and Pep have been saying, oh, we should get we should get five subs um, in the Premier League matches, um, yet they only use two. It it seemed like all the decision making in leading up to the matches and within the match, it just seemed like they just weren't going to actually go for the win. They were just going to play safe. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that the media pressure at the moment and the job security is more for Oli at the moment. But for me, I'm actually more fascinated by the Man City approach because, you know, going into a match with a must-not-lose mentality is like when you're a lower half-table side and you've got a big team away. Mm -hmm. It's a Manchester derby, and if you talk about Manchester City against Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer against Pep Guardiola, you're going to give the upper hand before the match to Man City and Pep, even even if you consider the current struggles in the current form. So for Pep to kind of, I would say, not necessarily abandon his principles, but compromise them somewhat, to go a bit more defensive and seek not to lose. And in, in, by the same token as well, he's, um, it's not like he's being defensively solid and still carrying a threat. It seems like they're struggling to kind of uh, create attacks and coherent attacks. In the end, nil-nil tells the story, really. It couldn't have been any other scoreline considering the approaches. And I'm just I'm kind of shocked that this is the Man City that we're seeing, considering as well that they're not like a million miles behind first place like they were last season. So they're not like yeah. reining and getting in and focusing on the Champions League. It's not like that at all. So yeah, I, I just obviously the match wasn't really entertaining. To, I can't even recall a chance or a moment to talk just about. Just Rashford, um, the VAR decision wasn't a goal. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I think it was correct. That. Yeah, was it the penalty? He was given a penalty and then. The oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. It, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, what you call it? I think in terms of what you were saying, in terms of the team team selection, um, yeah, uh, I think he was a bit forced to play a safer side because Fernandinho was fit, Rodri was fit, um, whereas the players that have actually been performing from like Foden, Foden's been class this season. Uh, and for me personally, watching him as an England fan, I, I'm actually excited because I feel like he's upped his game this season. The way he plays and what he's changed. Um, as I don't know what he brings to the pitch um, he's definitely changed yeah he didn't play him and I felt like he could be a, an impact sub yeah he didn't play him yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean I and yeah it, it was it, yeah I don't think there's much more to talk about with this match to be honest with you I think for how long we have talked about it that's how much it deserves because <laughs> honestly uh, as a Man United fan and I'm guessing plenty of City fans who are listening We'll probably be, you know, you know, sick of this match and just want to move on to the next derby because this was just a piss poor show. I mean, it's because of the fact that they had uh, late European runs in the um, in the previous campaign when they resumed after COVID, they've still got a game in hand against the top sides, and if they win those games in hand, Man United would only be two points off top, and Man City would only be three points off top. So they're actually in a pretty healthy shape, and you would have thought that they would have used that match to get one over the other because it's actually it would have been crucial for one of them to get the victory. So. It, it really shocks me that they went for a safety first approach rather than try to win the game. Yeah, yeah. 
Any other additions about the Manchester derby? <laughs> no thoughts? It was no, honestly, bad. I'm almost falling asleep thinking <laughs> back on it. But <laughs> I will say that I'm quite surprised that uh, City went with the uh, uh, safe approach. I feel like Man United kind of had a reason to after crashing out of Europe. Like Oli couldn't afford to lose that game more so than Pep. And like you say, it's, it's weird to see Pep compromise because he never usually does, you know. Uh, throw back to the Leon game yeah. last, last Can season. Can I just say, Champions the only person that I always see uh, trying um, for Man United in the match, the only person, honestly, is Bruno Fernandes. And he, it's no wonder he gets, like, he's probably got, he's broken the record probably for the amount of, amount of matches he's got for Man United in a row. But bro, this guy, man, like, he, he's the only guy that looks like he's he's trying to spur on the team. And, uh, like I, I did watch Pogba play. Pogba was good. Then I, I did watch him play. He was all right. I mean, come on, like he should be playing to that level every every match. Like, are, what are we saying that? Oh yeah, so he's played a decent match. That's he's played well. No, this no, is the no, this no, is no. the. You can't, can't give Pogba the, shit like that. This you is the, the. What do you mean you can't give shit like right, that? Right. Okay. Okay. When he came in, what did he do? What was his first season like? What did he win? Tell me. You're a Manchester United fan. You'll know. Come on. No. Well, let's come, come on. No, no. What did he win? Answer me. He won uh, Europa League, Community Europe, Shield, and, and the, the, the League Cup, not the, the League FA Cup, Cup, sorry. Right? Yeah. As a Manchester United fan, get your facts right, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, the second season under the Jose Mourinho, well, where did Manchester United come? Second. Second, right. With the so, biggest asterisk of all time behind that second. Yeah, yeah, but first. it's still second place. It's true. You know, you have to give them credit for what but, they've done. But, Pog- no, no, but, no, but, but, but why is there so much pressure on Pogba? Why is there not... A, a, like pressure I'd, on other footballers. I'd love to pay for the money for he's a, he's a, a hot player, goal player uh, like Pogba. Then, if if that's the case, look at look at how the other players play compared to him. He's just so hot and cold. He doesn't. He What's mean the other players? The rest of the team shit. Like what you're no, about? No, they're not. Uh, Donny Van der playing class. So as uh, yeah, Bruno when Fernandes. when he plays, wh- well, that's Oli's. Yeah. That, that's Oli's problem, isn't it? Yeah. So then it's not Pogba's fault then. Like it's why Pogba's fault. He's not performing on the match. Okay, last season he's not injured most of the time. No. You're saying he wasn't he, injured. He, he he was to an extent, but he was he was. No. Did you not see how he was trying to say he was he was fit? Why why didn't they play me? Yeah, but if you if I was a player for Manchester United, what I want to play with those shitty players, Fred, Harry Maguire, the hairs just like went downhill. Like I didn't know he could. I, I didn't know he could dictate when when he could. No, and when but he couldn't play because no, of his other players. He can only raise his game if he has better players around him. If you have dog shit, what are you gonna do? So he can only play uh, when there's other good players around him. No, but like there's there's not as much expectation. So a you're telling me that the expectations are too much for him? No, no, no. I think no, no, no. That's not. No, no, so then what you're trying to say? Because Let, all you're saying is right. you give no, him excuse no, after excuse after uh, excuse. Let's get a different. Might as well call it no, 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 no. excuse. No, but listen, listen. What Ali's saying is there's a, there's a limit to how much a player can raise a club. You know, not every player is Messi or Ronaldo where right. they can carry an entire team on their back. Pogba's doing decently. What's Bruno Fernandez doing? Bruno Fernandez. He's a breath of fresh air. He's quality. But he hasn't played exactly. your game. You've crashed out of the Champions League. This you season, Pogba has gave away two penalties. Sorry, Kodama. I keep, uh, I'm so passionate about it. No, no, Finish. I'm just saying, like, I agree Look with at the amount of goals he's scored in the past. expectation on one player. He's, he's doing okay. He could do better, but he's never going to, like, chat, like drag the team by the scruff of his neck and into, you know, back into ch- uh, challenging for titles. Like, dude, if, if you bring back Cristiano Ronaldo back to the team, Manchester United won't even be challenging. Like, what the fuck am I playing with? That's what Ronaldo's going to think. That's a damn uh, truth. I don't know, you know, like Ibrahimovic came and he spurred everybody on and he played class. Yeah, where did Manchester United finish in the league though? Was it second? Uh, where Ibrahimovic was in the first season? Is that what you're trying to say? Second you know, season, second no, no, season. I'm talking about Marie. first season. 
The first season, okay, that's a blip, yeah. Right, second he season, did play Ibrahim, well. Ibrahim Vich got injured. It was so, a bit of a honeymoon period. No, no, no. Ibrahim Vich got injured at the, at the end of the first season. So don't bring Ibrahim Vich in this because he had not to do that second season, right? I'm just so saying, give the fucking credit to Pogba, I'm right? I'm saying the amount of money that you pay for a player, he should be given more back than yeah, Pogba is, that's all. Yeah, but have you seen, what can he work with? Have you seen the shitty players he had around him? I don't know. I, I, I can't say that that shit, you know. Man, I, Man, I, I think I uh, we need that. to curtail this discussion before it goes too wild. And um, <laughs> one competition Pogba won't be blown hot or cold in is the Champions League. So the Champions League round 16 <laughs> draw was drawn uh, this morning. I love that for a Liverpool fan. Quite, quite interesting ties. Now, I don't want to go through all of the eight Champions League ties, but let's go through the highlighted ones. Obviously, the one that jumps out to everyone is Barcelona against PSG. Um, it's got quite a storied history in recent years, this fixture. It seems to crop up quite a lot. And the most famous one was the... La Remontada when Barcelona, you know, overcame that 4-0 deficit in the first leg, 1-6-1, with the aid of some questionable refereeing, but also a, a superstar performance from Neymar on the night. Um, the two teams, well, Barcelona are definitely different to what they were back then. Uh, PSG, you would say, possibly have improved. They're, they're definitely better than the Emery iteration. Um, so is this going to be one of those where it's kind of, you give Barcelona no chance, or could the Camp Nou leg, for example, make the difference here? I think Barcelona have no chance of winning the Champions League anyway this season, to be honest with you. But what about this tie specifically? But this, yeah, exactly. But um, getting to that, and what I'm trying to say is maybe the best they can hope for is like is this current uh, tie, like because they seem to have this mentality now where they just absolutely crash out in the most embarrassing way to smaller teams. And fair enough, Bayern Munich wasn't. So at least if they go out to a Neymar, Mbappe, PSG. The same way that even though they got smashed by Bayern Munich, people didn't really laugh at them as much. Yeah, I, I mean, they did, but it's not remembered as, <laughs> as much of a humiliation as the Roma and the uh, the Liverpool comebacks. So I think they have a decent chance of getting past uh, PSG, but Barcelona is so unpredictable at the minute who turns up. At the Camp Nou, they could be class, and then away they could be terrible. Even Messi these days doesn't seem to be playing to his usual level. Uh, I'd Actually, if I was going to you know, put my any money on it I'd, I'd go PSG to be, yeah, uh, to be honest I tend to agree I think when you also it, at this moment in time it's easy to predict based on their current forms but we don't know what the injury situation is going to be like when the tie comes around if we for a moment assume that both squads have their full players ready and available I just can't see how Neymar and Mbappe how can they be contained by that Barcelona defence it seems very shaky uh, as far as I can see yeah definitely I think that'll be a, a well, matchup uh, the, the worst matchup you can probably Ask for the Barcelona defense, who you know lack pace massively with PK getting on. And Titi, you know his knees are well well known at this point. Alba's lost that yard of pace. In as what well. in what sense? George, <laughs> what? In, in I don't know the way he worded that. You were like <laughs> his knees are well known. Like they're just known to have, like similar to Dembélé when he was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. He never talked sorry. about ticking time bomb and Titi. Oh, it's down to the jokes. What's going on? Sorry, the way you say. It's become a story, hasn't it? That Umtiti sacrificed his playing career for the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I just can't see them uh, withstanding that pace. And, you know, a team that presses Barcelona seems to get the edge on them now physically as well. It's just, uh, yeah, I'd edge it to PSG. It's not just that. It's um, the better coaches. Thomas Tuchel is a better coach than Coleman. Let's be honest about that. He's going to tactically outdo Coleman. I wouldn't Uh, say he's that much more impressive than him, to be honest. Recently, they've started to falter, I think, PSG. Even in the league, they're not uh, top anymore. But... You know, after 14 games, which is quite unheard of in France in recent times, so I think yeah. they're, venerable, they're definitely a vulnerable team. It yeah, could go but either this, way, this but season's we'll it's it's crazy. Like Barcelona losing against like 
new newly promoted sides. Um, Liverpool losing against Aston, Aston Villa. My United getting spanked on a regular basis, but who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Like, like th- this is a weird season. Like, it's very unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I agree with that point. I think PSG definitely have the better coaching and the better... It's probably perform better as a team at the moment. But yes, actually, it is true that there's been a bit of a decline in PSG. Not necessarily uh, something alarming to the point where they should sack Tuchel or look, you know, to change things drastically. But they, they definitely don't seem as impressive and dominant as two years ago. For there example. is something internal going in with Leonardo, the obviously sporting director, and Tuchel, though. I don't know, what, but they've been having some words back and forth a couple of weeks ago. Mm. But it, it could be something within the dressing room. What so, is it like with the, his job? Um, yeah, or transfers or whatnot. You know, oh, so is he not getting the transfers he wants? Pretty much. Well, they kind of broke the bank for Mbappe and Neymar, right? And yeah. they haven't been able to um, solidify their their cover covering mm. positions, really. Yeah, but Tucker wasn't there when obviously they were signed. You know, I was. For no, that's true. I'm just saying. That yeah, he's probably complaining. It doesn't seem like PSG splashing the cash as much. No, as they were but neither, none of the big teams are. If you look at Real Madrid, they never did either. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they are next summer mm-hmm. with the talks of Neymar and P- and Mbappe, maybe. Not signing contract. Do you know if Neymar will be back by? by yeah, him? I think it was. It looked worse than it was that challenge yesterday in the Lyon. They've confirmed there's no fracture. Yeah, yeah, so it looks like it's three to eight weeks, depending oh, on the severity. worse, you know, right? All the all that crying and there's nothing uh, back it up. <laughs> no, to be fair, right? If I was a player like Neymar getting constantly kicked, yeah, um, you would kind of you would be emotional after a foul because if you, if you think of how many spells he's had to be out of the team through injury just because of someone kicking him hard, yeah, yeah, not yeah. even like an off the cont- off the ball injury or a training injury, it's literally because of how hard he'd been kicked. You can see why he gets emotional, to be honest. I didn't think it was a kick though. It was more of a, like how he fell over what? and then he, he what he tangled his knee and his uh, ankle. Did you watch Wait, the fall? I did. Uh, it was a bit of a serious? weird one. He got absolutely scissor chopped, man. What scissor chopped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's how to explain it. Um. So yeah, I, d- I didn't think it was that painful. I don't know. I've seen I've seen worse challenges, and you know people get up and get on with it. Yeah. Now for each match that I want to discuss, I do want a quick prediction because I want to see how well we do. So are we all in agreement that's going to be Paris with this one? Yeah. 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 Now go on to the next one. We've got Atletico Madrid against Chelsea there. So uh, Chelsea by winning their group get a very very tough tie, and um, for me. I'm looking at this now. I can't really call it at this stage, but I think there's a nice contrast in styles that will, will make for a good matchup. Uh, obviously, we all know about Simeone and his defensive solidity, and now they seem to have added an attacking verve with how Joao Felix has been performing. You've got Carrasco performing really well. Lampard and Chelsea, at some moments, they look really, really good. Yeah. In other moments, like against uh, Everton, just gone, you know, slightly less impressive. They did have some key uh, players out. But yeah, um, talk me through this one, lads. How do you think the game's going to go? I think, like you said, it's probably the most interesting matchup stylistically. Um, and it's probably one of the hardest to call as well. I think Chelsea, for me, will edge it if you're asking for a prediction. I think they've got enough in attack to to overcome the you know, the Atletico defence. But Simeone against Lampard, will he have more experience to you know, sh- shut him out? Uh, yeah. Shut him out. Um, I'd like to think... Uh, that lamp, like the Chelsea attack has enough in them, but it's so hard to call, honestly. I'd, I I think it's gonna be Atletico doing a dirty on Chelsea. You know, if if you talk about quality players, look what Simeone did to Liverpool last season. Yep, um, Adri, Adrian made some blunders, but you got to give credit to Atletico and Simeone what they did. You know, um, I just I just see it one way, and it looks like it's going back to Madrid. I think it's gonna be like a fifty-fifty. Um, which whichever team uh, shows up on the day, 
But I don't know. Are you but Michael Owen or something saying something like, oh, what the heck? Like, give a proper prediction. <laughs> Come on. No, I, 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 but I feel like Simeone's veteran nature in the Champions League, he knows how to grind out a result. Whereas uh, Lampard might be, you know, stumped with some of the tactical decisions that he I might, might want to like a lot of There was a lot of hype around Atletico, but uh, in the Champions League especially, and how they're doing in La Liga. But they lost on the weekend in the Madrid derby. And they only they drew three of their uh, group group games. I think Bayern topped that group with like 16 points and then Atleti had nine. So yeah. I don't think they've been that overly impressive. So I can see Chelsea, who I think have been more impressive this season. I think their last league defeat before the Everton game was all the way back in September against Liverpool. So I think Liverpool uh, Chelsea might just edge it. But I'd, I'm not one to feel sorry for big teams, you know, as a Newcastle fan. But have you seen the last <laughs> round of 16 fixtures that Chelsea have had uh, in the last five years? I think... Uh, they had Bayern Munich last Bayern season, Munich, didn't they? Barca a few times. <laughs> Very it's like unlucky, Arsenal, actually, uh, under uh, Wenger for the first couple of seasons. You've, yeah. you've brought up something that I really have a gripe with. I really hate when teams say, why did we never get an easy draw in the Champions League? Are you expecting Cheltenham Town or Morecambe to come <laughs> yeah. up in their round 16? <laughs> the Champions League. You're going yeah, yeah. to get a tough team, I'm sorry. You're going to get a tough team no matter what. Tell, that to, Man City. Tell that to Man City, man. Munch and Gladbach. They're not Munch Gladbach. Well, we'll mention that one very quickly. Uh, Fuck Man City. <laughs> Well, that was a bit random outburst. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want some predictions for Atleti Chelsea. I'll give mine first. I think I'm going to back Atleti on this one, and I th- but I think they will suffer for it. You know, this is a potential tie that you can get extra time, maybe penalties. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, but I will back Simeone Atleti to advance on this one. I'm going to say Chelsea, to be honest. I I want Chelsea to win just purely because I I like the English clubs going through. What um, the fuck? You, you, you want the English, England club to go through? I don't understand the logic. Bar Man City, but like, yeah, I just like. Wait, I wait, don't, I like not wa- Liverpool, I, but Bar Man. Like, I, I like watching. What? I like watching the English teams come out on top over the European. So we, we teams. know who you want to go through, but who do you think will go through? I, need uh, I, I said Atletico, and uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah, I stick with Atletico Madrid. Um, so three one overall. Can't wait to brag. We'll see if Padama is vindicated come the end of that tie. If you remember it, what in March. The next one I want to talk about yeah, is um, it's, it should be a very, very fast-paced game. You've got Liverpool against Leipzig. Um, you've got uh, Nagelsmann, uh, Nagelsmann against Klopp, two very, very highly rated German coaches. One of them 100%. who's been there and done it all, the other one's on the rise. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, how do you see this one going, guys? It's going to be a game of goals. That's all I can see. Um, it could go either way. Um, it depends. Liverpool's been shaky defence, so so of Leipzig. So it could, it could be goals, goals, goals. If it isn't, I'll be fucking surprised. Yeah, two I mean, nil nils coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like a Manchester derby. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not, man. As, as a neutral watching them, let's definitely hope not. But I think uh, it's interesting. You said it could go either way. I don't think I can. I want Leipzig to win, but I can't like can't see any way that Liverpool won't. They just have, you know, the better squad, the better manager. They just it's clear favourites. I just can't see any other way. No, me. Liverpool are known as a favourite, but. If you, if you look at them, like on the weekend, they drew against Fulham. Fulham put a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, you know, that's if, one it, result. No, no, but like Villa have done it, Brighton have done it. It's not just one result. Like I, I watch Liverpool week week and week out and I, I see these things. If you put enough pressure on Liverpool in the first 15, 20 minutes, the players will be shaken up. Um, it's not the first time Klopp and Nagelsmann have played against each other. They've played against each other in the 2017-18 Champions League qualifier. When it was at Hoffenheim. Yeah. When Trent scored the free kick in the yeah, qualifier. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a very intense game because, yeah. you know, Liverpool cruised it. Then 
all of a sudden Hoffenheim started scoring goals. It's like, what the fuck is going on? If I'm not mistaken, did Emery Khan not score an absolutely brilliant team of goals? Yeah, he fixture? did, man. Yeah. Emery Khan's my guy. Yeah. Man, I have a kit with his name on the back. Emery Khan, the German man. <laughs> so I think you'll find it's pronounced Emery Chan. Yeah, it is. That is true. He can't be your guy if you can't pronounce his name. Exactly. Just, no, but no, nobody can like Emery Khan. That's why I stick <laughs> with that. For me, my take on this one is that it's all going to depend on the injury situation when the tie happens because if you compare them at full strength, I'll, I'll give it to Liverpool, Liverpool every time. Every day, yeah. But um, I just want to ask you actually because we all know Van Dijk won't make the game but mm-hmm. will Gomez make the game? No, he's out for the season. Oh, okay. In that is case, yeah. I'm kind of starting to lean towards Leipzig to be honest. This is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. going to be a nah. gun whole game. Although, you if know Joe what? Gomez was playing, he, he'd probably have made a mistake. Has there ever been a player <laughs> who isn't a centre-back slot into a centre-back role as comfortably as Fabinho seems to have? Fernandinho? Fernandinho? Isaac yeah. Hayden? Isaac Hayden, yes, against West Brom. I know we don't talk about the smaller <laughs> clubs too much on the podcast, but he was fantastic. Man of the match. Now, Fernandinho, 100%. Yeah. If, if anything. Fernandinho? I, yeah, I think he's, he's done a better job than uh, yeah, Fabinho. No, but... He's done it over a longer period A of longer time. period. Yeah, he has, but what Klopp prepared for... accomplished. But what Klopp prefer, prepared for was for Fabinho to go there when he saw Lovren. So he's prepared to put... Really? Yeah. That, that was the plan. Really? Well, yeah, that was the plan. But you didn't expect Van Dijk and Gomez to get injured, did you? I, I, I disagree. What do you mean disagree? No, like like that was the plan, bro. Like you can't so disagree you, with the you, fucking plan. Are you plan. saying that it would be? That's not my opinion, bro. Are you like, saying it would be a, a like, flat three then? No, and not like a, not no. He's appeared as a backup. One, two, three, one. Is this something Klopp has come out and said? Yeah. There you go. He like, said that. Yeah. Like what that. That was the actual. Like check it up, bro. Like he said. Like he, why would I want to make shit up? Like do you think I'm a fucking idiot? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you do support Liverpool. <laughs> because Fabinho, Fabinho offers a lot more than just his defensive prowess. Like he no, has no, d- no, I don't think you think he's that good at defense. No, but you have three good, decent centre backs and well, a quality centre back in Van Dijk. You have Gomez and Matip. Matip. They always get injured. So what do you go to next? You use your fourth choice centre back. Why have Lovren when you could put Fabinho back in centre back because he's played there? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay, so he was a backup. Th- or, I okay. think the conclusion mm. to that debate is Klopp knows what he's doing. So I do and you some, don't. Uh, I do want some uh, predictions on this one, and I'm gonna just say Liverpool because I do believe, even with the injury situation, I just think Klopp is the better manager. He's the more experienced manager, and Liverpool are the better squad. So yeah, I, w- I will give it to Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah Liverpool. I go Liverpool all time. All right. I mean, the next one that I want to talk about is uh, Real Madrid against Atalanta. Now, Real Madrid, we were talking about and joking about them potentially being a Europa League club. They ended up going through a relatively routine 2-0 victory against Portugal, to be honest. And um, their reward the is yeah, relatively... 10, 10 points. I mean, to be honest, I want to call Atalanta a tricky tie, but I don't know if you guys have kept uh, up with their news lately. Uh, Papu Gomez, one of their most influential players, is looking set to leave in January, so he won't even play in this fixture. Yeah, yeah he's had a falling out with uh, Gasparini, hasn't he? And yeah, I just think the general mood around the club, I, I would love to have said that they're going to give uh, Real Madrid a hard time, but I'm just not going to... I kind of don't see that happening now with the way things are going. Yeah, I think the current state of Atalanta now is that similar to Napoli with Sarri do you remember where they were really really good for ages they put pressure on the top of the table nothing came of it no trophies and now that almost the moment has passed so to speak and they're starting to lose they're starting to fade lose their momentum and I don't know what's happened with uh, Gomez and Gasparini but if he's set to leave then that just makes Real Madrid who were the favourites even more uh, more clearly so so yeah I don't see any way around Zidane you know there's black magic in the CL Real Madrid themselves with their own black magic in the sale even without uh, Zidane so I think we'll probably see uh, yeah they're getting a bit jammy on there I don't think so if you watch the game against uh, Gladbach, no no they're getting a bit jammy with the the how how everything's played out compared to what they were a month ago 
And then with that, Atl- well, you never know. At that time, Atlanta no, might. You've, you've got to give Zidane credit yeah. though, because like Real Madrid is a club that when things go toxic, it's very, very difficult for the manager. Mm. I mean, yeah. we've all seen that Real Madrid fans have. I mean, obviously, there's no fans at the moment, but the way they boo their own players, I think they've booed Ronaldo. Can you imagine? They've booed Ronaldo many times. Yeah. Many so, times. fucking idiot. So, a fan base with an expectation like that can't be happy with how Zidane was performing. And then, I, f- I feel like there's also a vindication in the manner of the fact that he beat Atletico Madrid. And they conceded twice as many league goals in that match as they had all season. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, not twice as many, the same amount. Yeah. Sorry, beg your pardon there. But yeah, it's just I think Zidane always seems to pull it out the bag as soon as people think because people talk about um, is it Solskjaer that like as soon as he's under pressure he'll pull out a massive win. I feel like uh, Zidane is the elite version of that. Every time he's under pressure he'll do something. He'll win a trophy. He'll go. He'll go amazing in the league. And um, for me, it's 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 Real Madrid hands down for this one. Yeah, Real for me yeah. as well. Yeah. We're all in agreement. There. I think that's a whitewash, Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, just a quick mention of one more, possibly. Uh, let's have a look at which one looks the most interesting. I think Dortmund Sevilla is the yeah, one. Dortmund Sevilla. Sevilla. Yeah, that's the one I was kind of eyeballing there. You so know, Dortmund Sevilla. Dortmund just sacked their manager after the 5-1 smash and they got on the weekend. So it's an interesting time in the club. Like, There's a lot of uh, expectation there and a lot of optimism, but at the same time, you know, they've just sacked their manager and they're looking a lot more vulnerable than they were at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, I always find it interesting when players come out and speak about the, their tactical failings like um, Hummels came out and said the the five idea is really interesting they always want to pass it in tight small spaces if it comes off it looks really pretty and really fun but most of the time it doesn't come off we're going to have the worst day ever and the worst day ever they did have when they lost 5-1 at home to Stuttgart uh, which cost five his job at the end um, to be honest looking at this one on the outset as, as we've I feel like we've caveat this enough where we're saying that the situation now could look different when the tie comes round but uh, Sevilla seemed like the more complete team at the moment the team who's bought into their manager's ideas, the way that Lopetegui's got them playing and their identity is very clear and I would back a team like that to progress in a two-legged Champions League tie. I think as well, yeah, Sevilla are very experienced in knockout competitions, you know, their record in the Europa League, you know, speaks for itself and yeah, it's a different competition but you'd like to think that experience, that, you know, the knowledge, the the know-how to grind out a result in knockout tie would be the same so I'd put them as the favourites and I'd like to see them go through actually over, over Dortmund. So. Yeah, can I get your predictions, it, lads? It it depends who Dortmund bring in. Like, I don't want to make a prediction on yeah. do you not think on just that. Do you not think they'll stick with the current? I think they said they're sticking with the assistant for the rest of the until for January, the rest of the season until January at least. I yeah, think. but but the fixtures are February, yeah. so you won't know. It's one or the other, I can yeah, remember. you like, know, I, I've got another gripe with that. Why do clubs stick with the assistant manager of the manager that they just sacked? I don't know. Isn't, isn't he just... He's underneath him, both in an authoritative way and a and tactical f- way. Like the philosophy two, two of words, the manager. Two, oh, Hansi one, Flick, you're One name, Hansi Flick. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah, you can, yeah but that's, yeah. that's an exception. You, that's you, you, honest. you might have that flick of the wrist, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes they want someone who will bring different ideas because obviously maybe he might have been overruled by the manager I'll give you two time, other words. But, has something, but knows the system enough I know who you're going to say. I'm, I'm prolonging this statement. <laughs> I, I, I hope it's... Who are you going to say? Well, I, I feel like you guys have guessed it, so tell me. John Carver. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Well, I was thinking Craig Shakespeare, if I'm honest with you. Oh, black, Craig a black cloud has just descended over Newcastle upon Tyne. The say, best <laughs> coach in the league. Look, at least he's going uh, Euro 21, right? Fair so, fair don't diss. Uh, but, no, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see what Dortmund do. The thing is, I don't actually remember there was any... Pre- like talk, you know when like leading up to the manager getting sacked there's no talk like, no. yeah I think it, was, it came kind of out of the blue but I guess a 5-1 uh, defeat might do that was, was it not like when buying like sacked Kovac like it was just like 5-1 mm. against Frankfurt and there's then a lot that's more, it. Uh, no but there was a bit more pressure on him because yeah. it was Bayern Munich but yeah. like, it came out of nowhere true true because I think in that same season Kovac 
did uh, smash Tottenham. I think Dortmund mm-hmm. just want so. to stop the rot before it like yeah. completely yeah. derails the season. So oh, yeah, I think Ali's made a very pertinent point. It depends on who the replacement is. If they stick with the interim manager, then I'm still going to give it to Sevilla. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would say. You know, if they give the the interim manager, give it to Sevilla. But if it's if it's someone like Ten Hag or, or or someone very experienced as a coach, I'd give it to Dortmund. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, to yeah, be honest, we might buy Sancho by then. <laughs> what? Like, that's, like, like, that's, like, let's like, not talk live, about Manchester United. Like, like, what are you smoking? Like, you know, we can talk about transfers when January comes around because there'll be some speculation at that time. But I do want to get into our, you know, segment this week about. Uh, to be honest, I want, I want to talk about controversial red cards and really strange fouls or really aggressive fouls. Uh, which ones stick out in your mind? And I know that there's a prime example of one that happened just this week, and I don't know if you want to talk us through it, though, to, to kick us off here. Which one? Granite Jacket. Oh, the Granite Jacket one. <laughs> <laughs> you were dying to talk about that before uh, we started. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you... You I, filthy animal. You know, the one that I had in my mind was um, Jordan Pickford and uh, Van Dijk. I just can't man, believe... you get a hard-on over I, Van Dijk I, and Pickford, man. What the fuck? I just can't believe the, the variation of opinions that if Pickford meant it or didn't mean it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he clearly meant it. He, he was... <laughs> I swear that would, if it was if it was in the middle of the town centre, that would be aggravated assault. You know what I mean? I'm not even, do you know what I mean? I disagree. So, I don't think it was intentional. Oh, I, I have no idea. I just yeah. think I just think uh, you know that you know that checkup that you said you needed to get opticians. You probably need one now. You know, I'm not gonna lie. No, fair enough. Yeah. Watch your TV in 1080p, mate. Pick, I think no, but Pickford approaches everything with a rush of blood. I think when he sit, yeah, exactly. uh, when he settles down to watch TV, he two fits his own sofa, man. That guy. He just aggressively goes for everything. He puts his own messes as well. That, that doesn't take away that. It was so Allegedly. malicious. Do you it know what I mean? It was malicious, but... No, not malicious. Well, it, was, it wasn't malicious. malicious yeah? It was uh, ke- uh, reckless. It was yeah, reckless. It, it was reckless. Malicious. I'd say it's reckless. I don't think he actually meant it. He's just that much of a fiction. Even he doesn't the know what Liverpool fan disagrees with you. I just feel like everything he's saying makes it more like worse. I just I don't know. I'm surprised you're still on the pitch. I just think he's a fake shit. I don't think he actually means to I'm surprised you're still on the pitch. Um, so yeah, the Grant Xhaka thing, yeah. So yeah, your favorite player, the the red card, and uh, he obviously. Um, I'm always so surprised that um, how Arsenal have still kept him on. I don't think he offers anything. Um, the guy has so many long shots. I feel like by what you know by now statistically he should be scoring a lot more long shot goals, but he's not. Um, I, I I just feel like he doesn't offer anything to the team. I I know how the Arsenal fans feel about him. Um, He's. I I don't understand how the um, the justification of him still being in, in the team is that they need someone who's quite aggressive, who can hold the ball, who can pass it around, spread the play around, um, and have that that mean Roy Keane ish type of uh, you know attitude to him. They had that with Francis Coughlin. They um and I felt I felt I felt like they they shouldn't have sold him. They sh- they should have kept him on and not bring Granit Xhaka on because Granit Xhaka is no nowhere near the Premier League level, especially Arsenal t- top six league level. Um, and I don't understand sometimes what's going through his head. It, it feels like um he he's just so stupid that he doesn't understand now, especially with VAR, you can't touch anybody, you can't touch anybody and think you can get away with it. How can you be surprised? Do you think he thought he'd get away with that? I'm guessing, like, I know you haven't said it, but you're talking about... He'll do it in the heat of the moment. You're talking about the incident literally just last night, right? Like, that's what you're talking about, the way he grabs the Burnley player's neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he... I doubt he did that thinking he'd get away with it. I think it's just a rush of blood to the head, gets angry, 
Is he it, doesn't so, know how to control so himself. So are we going to call all these professionals or oh, the rush of blood to the head? Like th th this is the reason why. I think he's he's shown many a times where the rush of the blood to the head has come to a point where maybe he's just like that man. He's just he's just dumb. It's not. He just doesn't no, know. No, I, I, doesn't I actually agree with this filthy animal because when he had the captaincy, you know, he had rush of blood and he was like, oh, okay, he's sticking his fingers to the Arsenal fans and stuff. That's like yeah, but oh rush of, rush my of blood. god, don't get no. me started on that. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean. Yeah. What I'm saying is. I agree with Manchester United fan here. Rush of blood isn't a justification. Everyone, what they're saying is, like, when you get angry, you get a rush of blood to the head. But his control over it is non-existent, so to speak. Whereas someone else, the composure he needs, to get that same urge to do something, but they'll be able to compose themselves and you know be able to think rationally. Okay, I shouldn't do this, so they don't. But Jacker obviously can't, and you know for that reason, he's probably not uh, captain material. This is what dumbfounds me. Like, how can you still keep this guy on as your captain? Not he's, even like just a, he's a regular not a captain player. anymore. Hope you know that. It's, it's Aubameyang. It's Aubameyang. And Aubameyang, yeah. obviously, at the time he was. I, I still don't understand how he's still even part of the first team eleven setup. He, he, Emery he, got he, sacked. That's what happened. And, and then Arteta comes in and sends Gendouzi off, and he's having a time of his life at the moment. You've glossed over the fact that he had a, a, a little bit of a small redemptive arc because yeah. um, when Arteta won the FA Cup and in that period after the whole thing, he he kind of reinstated himself into the team and was a key component of the team as well. When they, started, they were playing relatively well and ended up winning a trophy, you can't really discount that against him. Yeah, I think uh, he's been I, really. I don't think he's as bad of a player as you're making out to be honest. He's not bad of a player, but he does get and the few sending off. His, off. his disciplinary record is not. The, like it's not the worst in the league it's not so bad that you need to get him out of your team like immediately he's not like a I don't know Shelby back in the day or a Mitrovic back in the day I'm you know bringing up Newcastle examples because they're the ones that stick out most but I think you're being a bit harsh on him there. like his stupid moments are very very bad but I don't think they're bad enough to like you know he shouldn't play for Arsenal ever again He's still a decent player, one of the best midfielders, and it's not saying much what? these days. I mean, yeah, that's not saying anything but these days. Oh, you made me talk about. I'm not gonna lie. If I was an Arsenal fan, I heard Jacka was my one of the my the, my best midfielders. Oof, oof, I, I would mean, probably commit. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, well, we saw his foul, and uh, I would do want some other examples as well. Going away from uh, Jacka, please. Uh, Luis Suarez handball. Um, that red card was pretty shocking. Which which uh, handball? Because he's done loads. The Luis Suarez handball. The, the Luis Suarez it, the, handball. The, the Luis Suarez handball, bro. The. Which one are you thinking about when I say the? The Ghana one. Yeah. That's the only yeah, one. Which one then? Ah, he's handballed uh, so many times. Has he? Well, no, obviously he not, in, not in such a big stage. I feel like he's got more bites than handballs, to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> bites free, handballs one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, fair enough. Yeah, go carry on. I was only kidding about that one. Um, the craziest one was obviously... Everyone will remember this from the Newcastle-Aston Villa game many years ago, Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer, just throwing it out like the... Those just were shocking red cards. But yeah, was, we're nuts, though, weren't it? I'll be honest with you, the more shocking red card in that game was the other one, Stephen Taylor, because... Oh, yeah, three players got sent off. Yeah, he handballed it on the line, that. which is... We've just talked about Suarez doing it. It's a, it can happen in football, you know, desperation last that. But I've never seen anyone handball it on the line and try and con their referee by pretending he'd just been sniped from the Gallagher rooftop. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the way he went out, like his arm was convulsing and his body was twisting. And he, I'm he telling you right like, now. I was thinking it was a Bollywood movie and there was going to be the music drop in the background of really emotional moments. No, I'm telling you right what now. What was that, Stephen Taylor? At, at, at the Oscars that year, Stephen Taylor was robbed. That was the, I was so robbed. I watched it. I watched it on TV, you know, like with multiple angles, and I watch it. I've watched it on YouTube, multiple angles. I'm still convinced that it wasn't a handball and he was genuinely injured. Like that's how convincing <laughs> his acting was, even with the multiple camera angles. 
It was yeah. It was, apparently, he was uh, caught it off to the psych ward at the RVI at the time just to see what was uh, the behavioural situation. <laughs> Man, yeah, so that was my. Was that just for playing for Newcastle? Or? <laughs> so that was my favourite se- sending off m- like, kind of moment because mm. I remember that from many years ago, just like dying boy just thrown at it. What happened was from watching the interview of Kieran Dye was, and um, boy wanted a ball. Dye was like, "No, you shit." And then boy got pissed off. Yeah, he refused to pass it. Yeah. 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 But it was boiling up before that, though. Yeah. It wasn't but like just on the spur of the moment. But let's be honest, who wants to pass the ball to Lee, Lee Boyer? I mean, yeah. Jeff, 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 you're, you're giving him discredit. Lee yeah. Boyer was a decent player. He's, he's decent. okay. You know, he's hard working. What was the, uh, was the, like, the, uh, sorry, I'm looking for the atmosphere around the club at the time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that those days where everyone, you know, talks about the decline of Newcastle United as when Mike Ashley bought the club, but there was a decline after Sir Bobby Robson left the club. Yeah. Graham Souness could just never get a handle on the team. A lot of his decisions were unpopular and we were going through a route at the time. Obviously, if there's if the squad harmony is in top shape, you will never get two players even not wanting to pass the ball to each other, never mind fighting as a consequence. So yeah, I mean, it's an embarrassing one and I, I don't like to think about it because it paints my club in a bad light, but it's definitely an iconic moment in Premier League history for sure. And when we're talking about shocking fouls and shocking red cards, it definitely fits the bill yeah. there as well. Uh, I'll keep it Newcastle themed with mine now. I don't know if anyone remembers uh, Wigan's player uh, Callum McManaman. Yeah, I remember when him. he went studs in into Masadio Haidara's thigh. The reason it was so bad was that Haidara's uh, leg was planted at the time. Um, what Haidara had had done, and this was a prevalent theme throughout his Newcastle career, was every time he passed him the ball, his he- first touch was so heavy that he had to go and chase after it. And because he was in the middle of doing that, and just before he got the ball, he plants his leg on the ground. Callum McManaman studs into his thigh, and uh, to be honest, it was a potential leg breaker. Um, the reason it was so controversial at the time, and I don't know if you guys know this, but do you remember the rule in the Premier League where if the referee had spotted an incident and chose to like not punish for that incident, that's it, it couldn't be retroactively decided yeah, upon? Yeah, it can't be looked into it again. That was the precedent that changed that rule because they thought that Haidara foul was so bad that there's no way, sorry, the McManaman foul on Haidara was so bad that there's no way that uh, McManaman could get away with it. Um, so they changed that rule going forward, but it was too late because McManaman got away with Scott Free and that was the most shocking foul I've ever uh, encountered personally I was really really vexed that day yeah I can imagine and what happened to the referee do you know what I mean I, I, I can imagine nothing happened to him probably you refereed the next league game let's be honest yeah fucking moron <laughs> <laughs> so any is, other examples so is this debate or topic the worst fouls and what red cards it's the combination of both really you right, can, I'll you give can you take the, your pick. yeah I know I'll, just, I'll give you the pinnacle example of both Zidane World Cup final head meets chest off you go son like yeah, at least Zidane did it properly. <laughs> exactly, you know? did it properly, and I would I mean, say we that don't condone that kind of uh, violence. Uh, the t- uh, you know, the, the dressing I mean, room. I but would, I would. If someone says anything about your 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 sister, hundred percent, man, you should have kicked him in the uh, balls as well. But I'm just saying, right? This reminds right. you of another one. There is no bigger stage than the World Cup final in football. Ulti- maybe in you know, global events uh, in, in general, and it's just you know, you know, casually billions of people watching. Yeah, headbutt a guy. People imagine how many people who were like casual watchers of football thought started thinking that this. It was just a regularly. rush of blood, mate. It was just a rush of blood. <laughs> yeah, my point is, players <laughs> can a control fucking that. Sick headbutt, though. I think you're having a go at me for misunderstanding a phrase in the English language. I, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> gives the damn credit. That was a sick headbutt, man. It was, you know, top. Yeah. top like it was I, actually I, I, really I, good. Let me let me let me hear your justification. One. There is no justification, but if we're talking about you know, the extravagance of it, so to speak, it's like think of how many people who have never, like, are casual watchers of the sport, you know, turning around to the person that they're watching the game with, like, does that happen all the time in football? Like, it's just so shocking. And, like, to get a red card for that, you know, sent off in front of the whole world watching, I don't think there's a there's been a bigger, being a bigger red card in football. Being a bigger red card that shouldn't have happened because the ref didn't actually see the incident. He saw it on the screen. 
No, the linesman saw it. Well, he, oh, there yeah, was no VAR back. You know, but um, there Even was a lot. I remember he the time. A guy. Are you trying yeah, to tell like, me he didn't like, deserve to be on the pitch? Nah, like, I, I, think, I think, if any, in any case, if anybody says anything about um, my sister, I would give him a headbutt. And hundred percent in a professional. I'll give him. I'll give him Scott Freeman. What are you on about, man? Yeah, the guy deserved it. He he well, he, he had it coming. How can you prove that though? Like it's, it's like what the Pope said. You know what I mean? So you're it, saying Zidane should have stayed if you, on? If you if you if you insult your mother, if you if someone insults your mother, expect some kind so, of rebuttal. So you're saying you're saying Zidane should have stayed on that game? Yeah, one hundred percent. This is why you support. Yeah, United, yeah, but, uh, but you could say many things football. like about racism, though. Like no, 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 that's not no, 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 it's, on a, about, it's different. It's different. Like if if someone calls you whatever in a racist remark and they just headbutt you, they're still gonna get sent off regardless. Nah, hundred percent. You should have stayed on as well. No, but what? like like it's violent conduct, bro. I, I feel can't like you're trolling. happen. Like like I don't know if you're joking, bro. Nah, I'm just saying. <laughs> in the terms of in terms, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously on, on like you know. You know, the uh, like the the handbook says, it, it, it's violence. It should be he should be sent off. But if we were to give anybody scot free, uh, you know, actually I looked the other way. Hundred percent for me, I would have been like, yeah, actually, you know what, let, let him headbutt him. Uh, the guy <laughs> deserves it. He knew he he knew what was coming. You can't say something and not expect a reaction. You know, um, what I think as well is that there's obviously um, consequences on both sides because he'd won it in '98 and because this this was his last professional game. He just thought, f it, why not? If if you Go think out about with a bang. if the, he if he had lost in '98 and this was his last chance to win a World Cup in his last professional match, I don't think he would have done it. I think he would have kept a cool head. I can only imagine the French uh, the France uh, squad and the judges like, "What the hell, bro? You've won one. I, I want know. one as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Why'd yeah. you just do that to me?" Yeah, <laughs> at the time, he probably went home and just dusted off his old medal, and he was like, "You know what? It's all right." While the rest of his team's looking at him like, "Bro, what the fuck?" <laughs> any, any other interesting Wait, crazy you said, fouls? You said you had one. Yeah, um, it was in Syria years ago. Um, Totty just took Baltelli out and just kept on stamping on his foot. He got sent off. What? Really? What? Yeah. What? I've never seen this. Yeah, he sh- he sh- no, I've heard the story. It was when Totti was at, uh, obviously he was always at Roma and Baltelli was at Inter Milan. So he was, he was quite young and I don't, I, like, Jeez. I remember the incident vaguely. Like, I don't remember as much, but there's some other crazy ones with like Keane and Shearer. You know, Paul Schofinger and he's a Keen hard man. Keane and Haaland as well. Yeah, that's another one. Skulls and right. Jabi Lonzo. Keane and Haaland as well. Yeah, it's always no. Manchester United dirty bastards. Yeah. Roy Keane as well. You know, same. Right, you know, we're talking about the derby. The guy was saying like, "Oh, how is this a derby? It was only two yellow cards." Man, that guy must like get off on violence, man. Like, what, just because it's a derby, players have to be going at each other. Like, okay, fair enough. One hundred percent. What? What? Just okay. Okay, you know what, you're lads? telling me it's a local should... derby. Bring your shift to the game. I don't, no, the game <laughs> should be more whoa, intense. Whoa, but whoa, calm down. Don't calm kill down. each other. That's what I'd say. All right, man. It's not a prison. You know what I mean? No, that's, Bring what, your Roy, to that's the game. what Roy Keane wants. Though. Nah, nah. What Roy Keane wants is some effort. Is some effort from the boys. Oh yeah, and he put in some a lot of effort when he ended Haaland's so, career. Like so, oof. not not to. Not Roy Keane is the uh, disgrace of footballer, by the way. But he did try to take out Shearer, but he didn't. Yeah, and Shearer just you know like he just mugged him off. What the fuck. Okay. You know, I don't know if it's an episode just to throw Manchester United because that's if, how it, it, that could be every episode. If, 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 if it was Newcastle versus Sunderland, and let's say um, your players were shaking hands, giving hugs, nice smiles, hardly any of them even like probably. I don't even think I saw any shoulder yeah, okay, barges. Fair, I agree with that. I but agree with mean, that because in, um, do you guys? Well, it's part of the I, game. Man. Why am I bringing this up myself? But when we lost one of the derbies, when Defoe scored that ridiculous goal. Ugh. Cruel was smiling and congratulating him at half time. I've, I've, to be honest, I like Cruel for his good days, but I started really disliking him towards the end. When he did that, I was like, just, just go. 
yeah, I, I was no, so no, fed up with say, I wasn't, Yeah, okay, I do agree with him on that point about smiling and being chummy with each other. I'm talking about the fact that the game is determined, like but, the derby is determined by its fouls or its yellow cards. No, but wouldn't you? It, it shouldn't wouldn't, be. It, wouldn't should, you it should be the fight for the shit, fight for the badge and you shit. You can still play, you know, yeah. like with intensity mm-hmm. and like, you know, aggression, but without having to like, you know, lads, we only racked up 10 yellow cards. It's a dumb comment. I don't no, know. but I don't know about, I don't know about racked up 10 yellow cards, but I think what he means is that if you had to um, look at it as a snapshot, or if I had to paint, um, you yeah, know, like yeah. a snapshot and you have to paint it with a thousand words. Yeah, it was, it was a game. That's all it was. There was, there was no, there was no um, roughness to it. There was, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give it more than that to be honest with you. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Did you say one? Did you give an example of red card, or you just, you just wanted to break Jacker for every it, Manchester United? Player I, I, I was a, it was a. a, a it was the what you call it, Pickford Van Dyke that oh, should have been right. a red card. The only one I can think of is uh, Cantona, Cantona's, uh, Kung Fu kick. Karate, yeah, was it Kung, uh, Kung Fu kick, not karate kick? Um, Phil, yeah, the Crystal Palace fan. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was probably in the same vein as the, um, the Dyron Boy one in terms of shocking that you would just never expect. To it see was it. shocking, and I feel like um, in that case, what the Crystal Palace fan had said allegedly um, didn't warrant that type of uh, kick. Whereas I don't know Matratti versus Zidane, he, he I, I think there's there's certain things that you just don't you don't cross that line, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think he crossed that line that day where I felt you know I, actually I don't look at Zidane's he- headbutt against Matratti as as bad as Cantona's oh, kung yeah. fu kick way. Oh yeah, no, they're different because Zidane's was about a professional on the football pitch where these things you know a player being aggressive towards the opposition happens all the time. A player fighting a fan. You don't say that a lot. Oh, 100%. Um, Some things are sacred, though. You just oh, don't just, go to your family. I do want to mention one very quickly before we finish. When Eden Hazard kicked the Swansea ball boy. Oh, my God. This reminded me of another one. That was so one. funny. Like, Patrice Ever, it was a, it was a, it was a Europa League game. Which French team was he playing for? I can't Marseille, remember now. Marseille. Oh, yeah. He starts roundhouse kicking some fans. I'm yeah. like, what the heck is going on here? I know it's not football, but nothing will ever be, in terms of like uh, things spiraling out of control into the fans. Has anyone ever seen that NBA game? Malice at the Malice Palace. at the Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has to be uh, no, just, just YouTube Malice at the Palace uh-huh. when you get home, and you will see NBA players knocking out fans after like getting berated <laughs> by them. Whoa. It's honestly one of the craziest events because I've it's courtside and they can hear each other, so it's a lot yeah. more of an intimate setting. Oh, Whereas wow. a football, there's yeah. a little bit more din and noise that you don't really get. That you get to see that. No, yeah. that was a good example to bring up, even though of course it wasn't football related. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for this week, lads. It was a lot of fun uh, discussions, and as always, Dowd, please wrap us up. Yeah, so um, as always, uh, you can always listen to the 343 Football Podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and more. Um, follow our Instagram page, the uh, Dressing Room 9, um, our Twitter page, TD Room 9, and our YouTube page, The Dressing Room. So yeah, thank you. Brilliant, lads. Thank you. Cheers.